Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw, and this is the second of a two-part interview that I was interviewed on uh, on a show called I Love Seville. And the first episode, uh, the first portion of this interview, which was the prior episode to this, we talked about things like single-minded focus, we talked about failure, we talked about finding your passion and living your passion. And as a matter of fact, that's right where we kind of left off. And I left off that last episode with a little bit of a cliffhanger where we cut the interview and split it into two. So in this episode, we talk about inspired action. We talk about happiness and we talk about the secret to success. And as always, you can find the action plan from this episode and every episode if you go to jimharshajr.com slash action. Without further ado, let's get back to the second portion of my interview on the I Love Seville show. Here we go. Can you ask your guests um, if you have to, speaking of passion, if you have to make your profession something you're passionate about? Uh, No, you don't. You don't. Uh, you can find <clears throat> it's about finding meaning, right? Um, we 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 so often want to find meaning in in money, uh, in 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 our profession. But that's Are not passion it. and meeting synonymous. Uh, no, I don't think they're synonymous. Okay. Right? Uh, you know, passion is something you just you know you just love to do. Meaning is finding like um, you know importance and in, in value in the work that you do, right? And uh, you can you can you know. There are so many stories of people who who do work that you think is kind of you know not interesting work, but they find meaning in it. When you when you connect, uh, you know if you're you're you know you're taking out the trash at some office building, like you can you can find meaning in that work by by lifting people up and being positive and, and brightening their day and building relationships. And like at the end of the day, it's all about people. I mean, I'll, I'll be corny for a second and say it's all about love. Really, I mean, that's the, to me, that's that's the purpose of life is like is love. Find you know, doing what you love, but also just loving other people and serving other people and caring about other people. Uh, and when you lead your life like that, um, it's a meaningful life. And and so, does you do you have to have an occupation that matches your passion? No, it's 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 certainly pretty awesome. But you might have other core values. You might have other things that you want to do, and you may you may want to you may want to travel. Maybe tra- traveling is your passion, right? Experiencing the world. And, and, but you know, you, you have, you have to have a job that, that allows you to do that. Right. And, and maybe that's not the, the your favorite job, but it, it allows you to do something that you're even more passionate about. Entrepreneur Keith Smith and Lake Monticello just shared the show. Thank you, Keith, for doing that. Give it a like and a share on any of the 12 Facebook pages you're watching. If you'd like to relay perspective to Jim, please do so. Let's talk about today's business. So is this um, business three for you? Business number three, officially, yeah. Okay. Probably off the books, maybe four or five, yeah. Who, what, <laughs> when, where, why of business number three? 
so who do I serve? Yep. What am I doing? What's that the sort business of thing. about? Yeah, so it's uh, just jimharshawjr.com. I'm going to be filing a DBA here soon as the Harshaw Group because uh, I have some other folks that I'm, that I'm working in, uh, bringing into the fold now. Uh, but it's personal performance coaching. It's helping people show up and be the best versions of themselves, giving them clarity, helping them be consistent on the things that they want to be consistent with, uh, helping them find balance in their life and, and set meaningful goals. Um, a lot of times it ends up focusing around professional goals and being their best selves at work and uh, uh, personal leadership and, and, and becoming the person, you know, becoming who they, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> becoming who they want to be at work. Uh, making the amount of money that they want to make, but I also help them keep their eye on the ball in the other areas of their life as well. So it's, uh, it's personal performance coaching. Uh, it's for people who want to uh, uh, get to the next level. They know there's more potential inside of them. They feel like they're leaving too much on the table. Um, they just uh, they don't know how to, to get to that next level, but, but they know that you know, the, the clock is ticking, time is running out, uh, and there's no time left to underperform in their life. So that's who I serve, and, and how do I serve them? I have uh, uh, an initial eight-week program that I take folks through um, to help us really build a foundation of success in their life. And then, uh, and then, uh, uh, ongoing and additional coaching outside of that. I run a bunch of different mastermind groups. I have some just amazing individuals in these mastermind groups. I'm consistently learning from them. It's such a cool thing to be a coach because, you know, I remember when I was a wrestling coach, I got better as a wrestler, right? Well, when you're a personal coach, you get better as a person too. So it's so much fun and, and fulfilling for me to do this. I get so much benefit out of it. Uh, so it's coaching, uh, it's speaking. So I do, you know, motivational speaking for lack of a better word, uh, you know, companies are bringing me in for their annual retreats or, or keynotes at conferences, and I'm speaking. And then, uh, and then the podcast. So the Success Through Failure podcast, published every week, every Monday, I publish a new episode. I've done that for 220, I don't know, seven weeks in a row. I think it is now. Yeah, and it's no easy task. No, man, it's 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 it's, it's a grind if you want to call it that. But man, it's a, we you do know, this five day. The I Love Seville show five days a no. week, trying to turn it's this a lot, into man. a network. We do ten shows a week here. Yeah. It is a freaking grind. That's a lot. And, and people, you, you know. know what? I'm going to throw this to you. People like the the um, moniker now is influencer. People want to be like a YouTube celebrity or a social media influencer. And they want to be paid for content that they create on social and digital and mobile. I cannot emphasize this enough to everybody. I get this question all the time. I cannot emphasize enough to people how hard doing this is. Yeah. Creating content on a consistent basis. Throw that to you. Yeah, man. It, it's, it's, you know, like you said earlier, like the sexy life of an entrepreneur. I tell you, man, it, it's pretty awesome, you know, being able to make my own schedule and all that. That's all. That all it's super fun. Just work. It's, it's work, man. I mean, there are, there are things that you go, oh, this is going to take me 15 minutes to do this, whatever, update my website or some, create some piece of content. Like an hour later, you're still working on it, right? And then you got to send it to your Social your channels. Yeah, you got to send it out to your social channels, and you go, oh, well, now I got to get my, uh, my virtual, I got virtual assistants all over the world actually now. Uh, I got to send it to him or her to get this thing done to it before it gets uploaded. And it's like, it's a lot, you know? Yeah, it, it's a lot. Um, and, and make no mistake, being successful, whatever it is you want to do, it's hard. It's hard. And, and there's, no, there's no magic bullet. There's no way to, to be crushing it and be sitting on the beach sipping Mai Tais every day at the same time, right? It's work. It's effort. And, uh, but man, it's, it's fulfilling and rewarding if you get yourself into the right thing.
You talk about the process, Marcus Lemonis. I love the prophet on CNBC. Um, yeah. I love um, Marcus Lemonis's mindset. I would encourage anybody watching this program to check him out. Another one I would encourage anybody to watch, Gary V. Um, does a hell of a job with what he's doing. Um, talk about the, um, the process and what it means to you. Um, our favorite aspect, so we're an advertising agency, and just we have a lot of similarities here. And I, as, as you know, Someone who runs an advertising agency, we sit a handful of meetings a day across from businesses that are telling us the good and the bad and ugly of their business. It's confessional for a business. Yeah. And I'm able to learn from what's working in one category and scale it to another one. Or I'm able to learn what's not functioning correctly in one industry and make sure my other clients in a completely different industry don't fall victim to that trap. So the process for me is human connection. The process for me is waking up every day and trying to be the best version of myself. The process for me is outworking my competition that's out there. The process for me is trying to learn constantly, whether that's reading, listening, or watching people in the field that are doing it better than me. The process for me is my favorite part because I know if I put in the 70 hours a week and I know if I'm here on the morning of Thanksgiving... (laughs) <laughs> literally wow. right there yeah. that nobody else is that that's going to give me a leg up over everybody else. So I love that aspect. Dude, I love depositing the checks. I love watching the business grow 10% every year for 11 years. Okay. I love that. But for me, I love the work. I love yeah. the effort that yeah. it takes for you. What's it about? Yeah, and I, I'll say this, you know. So we talk about this hard work. I, I, um, I call it. You know, it's it's just a matter of semantics. It's like it's hard work, but when you, when it becomes inspired action, that's that's when you really are able to do hard things, right? And, and sort of the to, to simplify that, give you an analogy is, you know, let's say, well, you want to go work out, right? Oh, I'm going to work out, right? But but if you um, if you have something you're working out for, right, you want to, I don't know, you want to run a half marathon or you want to raise money for charity or something like that, then, or, or, or you want to uh, get healthy so you can, you can live longer and be around for your kids or your grandkids, like that, that becomes inspired action, right, when you put meaning behind it, right? So, so what we do looks like hard work from the outside looking in, but it's, it's inspired action. Um, and, and I love for, that. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, a, it's an important you know, differentiation because, you know, digging ditches is hard work, right? Or, or, or you know, the, there's a the great analogy out there, the anecdote is about, you know, there's the bricklayer, right? And, you know, the bricklayer could just be laying bricks, which sucks, or building a cathedral, right? It's like, well, you know, when you put meaning behind it, it becomes inspired action. So, um, so for me, it's like the process is, you know, I found for me, the process is connecting with people, is the biggest thing, just reaching out, connecting with people and not doing it for selling people. I don't want to sell anything. I, I love when people buy. I don't want to sell anything. I just lead with love. And, and when you do that, when you lead with caring, you lead with authenticity, you lead with trying to lift people up, then like, you know, the nerves or anxiety that goes into like building a business or, or selling something is like, or, or, or promoting yourself as a, as a personal brand like we do, it's like, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, it doesn't come across right. If you do it from here, then the world welcomes you. That is beautiful. 
Beautiful. Um, so much I want to unpack here. Um, Jude, I want to, can we go a little longer? I'm, I'm game. I'm okay. in, man. We're, you got, we're 50 minutes in already. It's flying by. Roll. Kevin Higgins, continue. Kevin, I love you, man. You're asking great questions. Please ask your guest, Jerry, what are the attributes you see consistently in highly successful and, capitalized and, happy people? Yeah. Big difference there. Uh, it depends on how you define success, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, we say successful. It's like, well, they make a lot of money, right? They live in a big house and drive a fancy car. Well, that's, you know, that's sort of the, the, the traditional example of success. But, like, so I, I know people who have all that and they're not happy. I also know people who have all that and they are happy. Um, and, and it goes back to, uh, it goes back to the four-step process of understanding what's me- what is important to you. Right, what's important, right? Um, Those core values, identifying those core values, and then creating goals that align with those core values, and those people are happy. I love to use the example of of Seth Goldman. So Seth was a a guest on my podcast. He was the founder and CEO of Honest Tea. Sold that for like a hundred million dollars to Coca Cola. Remained as the the CEO or chair of that for several years before he finally left that, and now he's the chair of Beyond Meat, which is now I think a publicly traded company. Um, Just just going just booming company. And this guy, CEO of a massive company, he was still at Honest Tea when I talked to him. I uh, had him on the podcast a couple of years ago. And this was someone who was successful and happy. And, and what I see from him is the most important thing in his life were relationships, people, his family first, right? Uh, he, he was physically fit. He was healthy. Like he, was, he paid attention to his own, his own wellness uh, so he took care of himself, and and he 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 brought his passion to work, and he he worked as hard as he as he possibly could, and and so so that's that's what I see when I see a, a happy person, a successful and happy person. Um, I'll give another example: Kevin Donegan, uh, Admiral Kevin Donegan. He was an admiral in the Navy, retired about a year ago um, after a long and just distinguished career. <clears throat> Had him on the podcast, and when I first interviewed him. He had just taken over command of the Navy's fifth fleet. For any military folks out there, you know what this means. It's the world is sliced up into like six different territories. And he was in charge of one of those. And that one included the Middle East. So there was multiple conflicts going on at the time while he was the commander. Thousands and thousands of men and ship and billions of dollars worth of, you know, money and, and ships and guns and everything else. And this guy made time for me, by the way. He was in Bahrain, had taken the job over like a week earlier. And I'm like, hey, man, you don't have to like do it, but you know, we don't have to do the podcast because like you got other things going on. He's like, nah, man, we'll do it. Amazing interview, episode like 25 or something like that years ago. And, uh, but this guy, I mean, he talks about it. He talks about like living a balanced life, right? It's not single-minded focus. It's not just his job. He had one of the biggest jobs on the, in the world, right, that you could possibly have in terms of responsibility. Um, but it wasn't that single-minded focus. He always made time to work out, and he always made time for his family. So, so that balance is what you have to strike, and you can't just live for one area of your life. You've got to build, build out the other areas of your life that, that, that are not, that are not, you know, that you're not, you're not really fulfilling your potential in. Charlie Brenneman says, this is great stuff, Jim. You're an absolute stud. 
Um, Jazz. <laughs> Charlie the Spaniard Brenman. He was ranked like seventh in the UFC, world. That, that right? UFC, yeah, yeah, guy's big time. He's amazing. So check out check out Charlie, by the way. Uh, give it a like. Give it a share, guys. We get this question all the time. This one's coming from Tim and Crozet. Jerry, I love the show. Um, please ask your guests and please offer perspective as well, Jerry, of how I can start my podcast for what I'm passionate about, which is um, transportation that does not involve vehicles, getting around without vehicles. So he wants to know how you start a podcast. Yeah, man. Okay, so do it. Right. That was my. That was gonna be my answer. Like, do it. So you got the topic. The topic is the hardest part a lot of times. But like, you like so, do it. Like literally, that was my first episode. I remember you probably the same way. It's like. Open your computer, hit record, and go and start talking, right. right? And before then, you go, okay, wait a second. Before I do that, let me write out my script a little bit, come up with some notes. Do your first episode. Do your first episode. So if you want some, some other sort of concrete things, if you're not ready to hit record today, then uh, check out Pat Flynn. He has like a free course online. Just Google Pat Flynn free podcasting course or something like that. That'll give you like soup to nuts, everything you need to, to know. You know, buy, I use an ATR. What is this one? This is different than my mic, but it's like ATR 2100 microphone. It's like 50 bucks on Amazon. You get that, you plug it into your computer. Uh, you can record on Audacity. You can record in GarageBand if you have a Mac. Um, record episode one. That's how you start. Let's do it. Yeah, and then for you know figuring out how to get it on iTunes, Google how to put my podcast on iTunes. It's super easy. Throw this to you: um, managing fear of doing something that's different. Um, managing um, if this does not have success, and what is it going to look like to my following on social media? You don't know how many times I hear when we're working with early stage entrepreneurs. I'm talking about the type of entrepreneurs that are sitting across from that desk and literally are thinking, I have an idea for a business. This is what they often say. What if it doesn't work? What if people on social media see that I started a business page and I updated my employment status and then I have to change it because the business didn't have success? Right. Yeah, that's... uh that's a real thing. That is and, a real thing. And, and I, I want the, the, the viewers to, to think about this. As you go through the world, I want you to pay attention to how you feel about people whenever they are authentic, genuine, and vulnerable, and they share their failures, they, fail, they share their setbacks and the things that they struggle with. I want you to pay attention to how you feel about them before and after. Your respect for somebody actually goes up. You actually think more highly and you have more trust in that person if they share that they struggle or they share that they fail. And this is, I mean, you know, you hear about this. It's kind of a, a, a thing in the, in the personal branding in the entrepreneur world that, that we live in is, is you have to be authentic and you have to share because if you don't, then you're just like this person on a pedestal that they think, oh, everything's perfect for them. They won't get me. They don't, they don't understand me because they're over there and I'm down here. It's like, well, no, like we're all down here <laughs> and that's the reality of it. And, and so once you, uh, once you understand that, and, and I live in a world where, listen, I get to talk about failure every single week on my podcast. And so for me, I've internalized it. It's such a hardwired, deep level that failure is okay. And it's just a part of the process. But for everybody watching, it's, it's not, you don't, get to talk about it like I do every day. So failure, it hurts me too, but it like hurts me a little less because I just go, oh, I didn't fail. I just actually, man, I'm, I just learned something really significant there, right? Happens all the time to me. Uh, and that is, that is 
is part of the process, that fear. And, and so when you sense fear, if you're about to do something, you know, start a podcast or set up that Facebook business page, right? Or whatever that first step is, like if you sense fear, a little anxiety and fear around it, 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 it is a sign. I challenge you. I challenge you to see that as a sign that you're moving towards what you're supposed to be doing. I really want you to examine that. And it sounds like baloney BS, but I want you to really examine that feeling and say, I'm afraid to do that. And you might, it might be so subconscious, you don't even know. You're like, and I'm not starting that business page because I'm not even thinking about it because I'm too scared to even think about it. Well, like bring that from the sub, below the surface up to the light of day and go, wait a second, I actually do want to start that business. It's been like sort of in the back of my head. I've never spoken about it out loud. I never journaled about it. I never did anything about it. Bring it to the surface and go, why? Oh, because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of being embarrassed. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of, of failure and go, okay, going back to the fear setting. What's the worst that can happen? Let's, let's take the first step and understand that failure is an option and, and failure is a necessary step on that path to success. I love that. Dr. Scott Wagner's watching. He says, I absolutely Scott. love this He's the man. guy. And Jim Harshall. I was uh, going to say, because so you mentioned Scott Wagner, you mentioned Interstate Pest yeah. Control. I am a customer of both of those companies. So Scott Wagner is awesome. He's, uh, man, he's fixed me, gotten me from like not being able to literally get out from my car into his office and not standing up straight, literally just about crawling on my hands and knees, like bear crawling. And, uh, and then I walk out of there upright. So Scott's the man. And I hired Interstate as well. I have seen Dr. Wagner firsthand change people's lives. Yeah. I throw, throw this to you on this, this topic. So, like you, a serial entrepreneur, five businesses for me. You're crazy. Um, first one, not good. Yeah. Took a lot of my personal savings, $32,000 invested into it. While I was a broadcaster for radio, TV, um, ESPN Radio, um, NBC 29, which you remember me then, yep. and had the column in the newspaper in the Daily Progress. I was doing really well in my mid-20s. Had disposable income. Also thought I had the Midas touch, yeah. where everything I was going to touch was going to be successful. It clouded my judgment. That's why I asked you that question. Took $32,000 in 2008 of my own money and tried to launch... Good a, timing, too, a, probably. The worst time possible. <laughs> Try to launch a luxury sunglass business on Ivy Road where the Papa John's is yeah. and that car wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought I could manage it from afar, hire the right people, just manage it from afar, not be on site. That business went 15 months, and I kept putting more and more money into it, and I shut it down. Second business, I learned from that, exited. It was a website. Had success, made good money. Charlottesville Restaurant Week, started that. Third business, sold it to the Seville Weekly, made good money. These two businesses, advertising agency, 11 years running, the real estate investment, own most of this building, good, doing well, okay? I have learned more from the 15 months of hemorrhaging money from that sunglass business failure than pretty much anything that I have done in life. Yeah. Throw that topic. Yeah, and it didn't. It Learning didn't stop from, you. It did not stop. Right. Me. That's the whole point. It demoralized like, me. It, de- it depressed me for hurts. a little while. It hurt. Yeah. It stung. It yeah. still stings. Yeah. Sure. Still stings. Yep. But it did not determine who I was. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like you, you, you. When you talk to successful people like you, or and you're, you, you have all these businesses like. Yeah, pull back the curtain. Like there, there's real pain and suffering there that went into that, and, and failures and setbacks. And so, you know, as as for the viewers, like understand that that that's part of your journey too, right? And that's part of my journey. That's part of 
Uh, Tony Horton, who, you know, P90X sold over a billion, one with a B, billion dollars worth of fitness products, had him on the podcast. He talks about his failures and his setbacks. I mean, on and on and on. It's, it's, it's part of it, right? Uh, Mark Devine, he's a Navy SEAL, started a, a business. He talked about it on the podcast episode where I interviewed him and started a business and, and the restaurant's restaurant went under, you know, um, client of mine right now. He's a big time restaurateur uh, in the Northern Virginia area. He's got a bunch of successful venues. They were supposed to launch and open a new venue last week. Total bomb, total failure. Doors are still closed. They can't open right now. This is a guy who's created a lot of success, a lot of wealth, and it didn't go well for him. So he's like, this is, this is, this is normal, right? This is normal. And I challenge people to actually think about that and actually evaluate it. Cause most of the time we just brush it under the rug. We don't think about it cause it's too painful to think about. So we just brush it under the rug. Don't talk to anybody about it. Most people don't have friends that they can talk to about that kind of thing. But, but when you work with a coach or, or, or get, become part of a mastermind group, you, be, you have this, this venue to actually bring that stuff, those hopes, those dreams, those desires, those pains, those failures, those setbacks, bring those up to the surface, evaluate them, and actually take action on them. Because to be honest, that's what's holding you back. Like Whatever you fear, like your success is on the other side of it. Your success is on the other side of what you fear. And, and you had fear. I mean, it's not like you didn't fail and go, oh, well, I don't have fear now. Well, no, you're like, well, I start the next thing. It doesn't mean it's guaranteed to succeed. It's like there's fear there, but you, you stepped into that fear. You walked into that fear. That, that is a prerequisite for success in anything. I got this. This is a good text message. Um, Jerry, please don't use my name. My husband is launching his business. He's 18 months in. Your guest recently was talking about his relationship suffering when his business was not working as he thought. This is where we are at as a couple and as a family. Can he, any advice he can offer? So first of all, I get it. I know. I understand. I understand that place. Um, um, and I, I will say this. It all comes down to communication, right? And, and, and having honest relationships that are, are, are honest conversations with the emotion as best you can set aside. Sometimes that requires going to a counselor, a therapist, a marriage counselor, a marriage therapist. And can we debunk the stigma of seeing a therapist? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've done it and, and it's like, like most, of my cli- most of my clients have, most of my uh, podcast guests have a coach and or therapist or both. It's part of it, right? You want to be the best version of yourself? Do it. it it's, it's, it's amazing. It's it's. it's you know, everybody needs a coach, and that coach can take the form of, a, of an executive coach, a performance coach, a life coach, a therapist, a counselor. Obviously, different things. They're in different expertises there, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, consider it debunked. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I, I will say this. So, if there's one secret to success, like you always talk about what's the secret to success. It's hard work. It's networking. It's whatever, right? Dealing with failure. No, it's not. It, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I've interviewed all these amazing people, hundreds of amazing people on my podcast. And I always hear, you know, I always ask them to tell me like what habits they have, what do they credit for, for their success? And for the investor, it's never the investing. For the writer, it's never the writing. For the athlete, it's never the training. For, for those people, you, you, it's never the thing that you think it's going to be. It's always, always some version of journaling, seeing a coach, seeing a counselor, a therapist, uh, meditating, prayer, 
going on a retreat. It's always something like it's getting off the treadmill of life. It's not doing, it's stopping, right? And I call it a productive pause. And the definition is this. It's a a short period of focused reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind. So, Ma'am, that, 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 to your question, you know, that, that's what you're looking for is clarity of action and, and really peace of mind, right? And that comes from not just doing, not just going through the motions of, of your relationship or anything else in your life. It's hitting the pause button and saying, asking a question like, for example, what's important now? And what's important now may not be creating an argument, right? What's important now might be, you know, getting through the day, right? Or, or might be uh, uh, setting up a date night where you can go have a meaningful conversation. Uh, so what's important now? Another one is simply what's working or what's not working. I mean, these are, these are productive pause questions that will give you clarity of action and peace of mind. Jay Dominic says, Jim Harshaw is the absolute best. Jay! Jeff Ford you giving you some props right now. Jeff! Um, yeah, I see Austin, Texas logging in as we speak. This, let me follow up to this. Um, what, what she just texted. Um, and I'm going to do this from my personal perspective. Okay. So we struggle. I struggle, not we, not we, honey. I struggle (laughs) with the balance piece. Um, I'm grinding 70 hours a week. We've taken one vacation in 11 years. Yeah. My wife and I went on a honeymoon. We came back pregnant. Yeah. From our you know how that happens, right? And, yeah, yeah. I know how we that have forms, so we know. Figured it out. And I guess this is where I'm going with. I am like uber, almost unhealthy competitive. Mm. Super type A. I, what happens here on these floors determines what happens at the sustainability of home in some ways. Sure. The stuff that can go on the table, the college fund, all the above. It also impacts the relationship. And it impacts the relationship because our most valuable commodity, time, is not being spent with family and wife and our wonderful son. And I missed him take his first few steps, Mm. a lot of his first words. Um, She's amazing, works actively in the business, is doing project and social media management. A lot of the content that's going up on social is being done from our home office while she has a laptop on one knee and our kid on yeah. the other knee. <laughs> She's amazing. I'm yeah. missing the time with them. Mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, rarely see my son. Saturday and Sunday, I try to make up for it. Feel guilty constantly. Constantly feel guilty. But this is what needs to happen to keep the business going the right way. This is the question I have for you. Is and let me say, there's a lot of people watching right now shaking their heads going, me too, me too, me too. And they're waiting for the answer to this because this is a great question. What is the sense of like vulnerability and um, almost like lost and like concern and like search, searching is constantly, I feel. Yeah. It's like a cloak. Yeah. I interviewed... I interviewed, uh, I kind of don't want to throw him under the bus, so it is a podcast episode, and I'll elaborate a little bit on it. So I interviewed a a very high-profile figure in the sports world, in the collegiate sports world, not known local, Um, and I asked him, you know, if you you could talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? And it was like heartbreaking. He talked about that he would spend more time with his kids, 
and, and, and I've been there too, right? Um, I told you about my story, right? And, and this is, you know, I mean, I struggle with this still. Uh, and I think a lot of people do. And, and so what, what's the answer, right? Well, how do you, how do you do that? Right? So I'll give you something concrete and tactical and, and, and actionable. And it is this. So we're coming up on the new year, right? January one's right around the corner. I work with my clients on setting goals in every area of their life. It's relationships, self, health, and wealth. So relationships, self-explanatory self is, uh, like growth or impact or fun. Like Growth is like you know, learning a new skill or taking a course. Impact is like volunteering or philanthropy. Fun is just what's fun, like hobbies. Um, you know, health is sort of self-explanatory. It's not just physical health, but social, you know, um, um, uh, spiritual health and, and uh, mental health, et cetera, psychological health. And then, and then wealth is sort of career, financial. Relationships is number one for a reason. And, and it's so important to set goals in your relationships, and it's your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with God, whatever that's, whatever's important to you, right? And, and so it's hard to set a goal in your relationship. Like, be like, okay, I want to run a marathon. That's my health goal, right? Well, it's like, well, how do you, how do you set a relationship goal around that? It's like, well, I want to be like, you know, I want our relationship to be 50% better. Well, how do, you, how do you measure that? You can't. You have to set a measurable goal. And so in that case, you set a process goal. And the process goal could be, for example, uh, I will do at least one date night per month with my spouse. Or uh, I will leave the office by 4 p.m. every Friday, or at least three Fridays a month. Right? Like you can set these process goals. You can, you can, you can set these goals that you can actually do and follow through it. Like that's the process and the process, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the process for the out versus the outcome. Um, but you know, you have the outcomes like, well, I want to improve my relationship. I want to spend more time with my family. Well, what's the process that will get me there. Right. And it's maybe it's sitting down at the beginning of the month with your spouse and saying, okay, what can we do this month to connect? Right. What's a date night? What's an experience that we can do? Can we go, you know, for us it's like, go camping or something like that. Like, what's the experience that would be meaningful so I can spend the time that I need and we can nurture our relationship? But it's got to be concrete goal. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Step four of my program is follow through. And, and I'll give you a tactic here, too. It's like New Year's resolutions are coming. Everybody's going to be setting New Year's you resolutions. Believe um, I believe in goals. I believe in goals that are set with, with actionable concrete, plan. actionable plan, deadlines, and, and, and here's the key piece, is like a systematic framework process that's in place for you to review them. Because know what most people do, Jerry? And you know this, is like people will set these resolutions and then they, go, they, they maybe write them down, they put them up on a shelf, and like a week, month, three months later, they're like, ah, what, what was I forget what my resolution was, you know? I was going to work out more. Well, what, what does that mean? Right. right. Um, and they don't even, or a lot of people don't even remember. They don't remember. I've had people, I've, they come to me and like, I'm like, well, what are your goals? Like, well, um, hold on. Let me look them up. Let me, well, hold on. They got them. I got them somewhere. It's like, no, like if they're a goal, like you should know, like we're here right now. And, and that's most people. So I don't want to like, you know, make fun of it. Cause it, that's most people. Right. It, but we didn't learn that in school. We didn't learn how to create this process. But, but here's the tactic behind it. If you, if you implement just one or two, I'll give you two, is number one, write your goals down on, for example, like a, a Google Doc. I like Google Docs because they're, you know, you can, I can access it from my phone or any computer in the world. Take that hyperlink, uh, open your online calendar, your phone calendar, 
copy and paste that link into a, a recurring thing every month or every, like the first Monday of the month, your goals pop up in front of you and you have to review. You have to go down, you have to review your goals, edit them, update them, change the timeline, uh, edit the action plan, identify what, you, what I call your micro goals. Like, what do I do? Okay, I want to you know, improve my relationship. Well, it's like, what's the micro goal? What do I do this month? In the next 30 days, what are the things that I'm committed to doing? Right? Not just like in a year from now, it's going to be a great goal to achieve. Like, the next 30 days, how do I achieve that? So that's one tactic. And then the second one is this. I take my goals, actually my micro goals, and like two or three days a week, I write them down in a notebook. I write them down. So it takes, with, my, with pen and paper, the old-fashioned way, and every time I do that, I always catch myself going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, and I open up my to-do list, and I put a couple things on my to-do list because it reminds me, schedule the date night with my wife. Um, you know, sign up for that Spartan race or whatever the thing, you know, make sure you're making your 10 phone calls today, outreaching, you know, 10 outreaches to new people. Like, that's how you take goals, things that are important to us, our family, and put it down to the, like, to-do list item today. Nathan Jr. just shared the show in Campo Sales, Brazil. Nice. Brazil watching right now. Um, you've crushed it. We are crushed it. 75 minutes in. It's felt like seven. Love it. I'm going to wind down with these two questions. What is the advice that you would give 20-year-old Jim Harshall? Oh, man. I, I would say it would be all around failure. It'd be like, embrace your failures. Uh, don't fear failure. Failure is a necessary step on the path to success. It took me a long time to, to come to that, to realize it, to understand it. Um, and, and, and with some hindsight and perspective and, and just having lived through a lot of those things and kind of gone, oh, wait a second, I'm actually here now. I mean, I'm actually having this success because, because, not despite, but because of that failure, that struggle, that adversity, that setback. And, and that's, the, that's the advice I would share. How do you manage the feeling of vulnerability and um, uncertainty as an entrepreneur? Um, it's all for me. It's about mindset. It's about um, it's about creating faith in in your process. And 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 I go back to it again. I don't think, you know, people might roll their eyes at this, but it's like it's like love. Like if you're if you're serving people. If you really are serving people, right, through your business, I know you do, right? And, and through my business, I do too. Um, different businesses, we, we serve. And if you serve because you care, then, then that's, because I get anxious, you know? I get nervous, especially before I'm about to go on stage, right? If I start thinking about, ooh, don't screw up, ooh, this has to be a good talk, it's like, no, no, no. Like, I have to wrestle with that and go put that aside and go, it's not about me, it's about them, right? Lift these people up. They have challenges. They have struggles. And, and you're here to serve them. And whenever I come from that mindset, just the anxiety and fear tends to melt away. Mark Gray? Yeah, Mark. Says 20-year-old Jim was tough as hell. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, man. Can you tell my kids that? Um, where's he watching? Charleston, South Carolina? Yeah, that's right. He's down there now. He's a Pittsburgh boy, wrestler. Um, close on this. I'll take one more question from the audience here. Um, Jerry, I've thoroughly loved this interview from start to finish. Ask your guests how you get more speaking engagements. How did he become a TEDx speaker as well? Yeah, okay. So TEDx, that whole process started from failure. And this is this was the process. I stood up in front of an audience once and when I was working at the University of Virginia, and I got so nervous, like visibly nervous. Literally, I'd like someone handed me a microphone to ask a question, and I was like, 
my heart started beating out of my chest and I got super nervous and I asked the question. It was like, oh my gosh, that was embarrassing. Like you could see that I was nervous. Like 200 people turned and looked at me when I got handed the microphone and I was like, that is not cool, right? You've got to, you've got to get over this, right? So I signed up for Toastmasters. Did that What's for that? Toastmasters is a, um, it's a national nonprofit where they have groups. There's like two or three in Charlottesville where you can sign up and you just practice public speaking in a small group, like 10, 15, 20 people. You meet, I think, weekly usually. Uh, I, my goal is I went about once a month. Uh, and you would proud practice, you'd practice giving talks and you would get feedback in this like safe environment. And there's this whole sort of curriculum they have. It's really valuable. And one day I'm driving to, driving to the office after I'm in Toastmasters for like six or nine months and kind of brushing up on my speaking skills, getting more comfortable. And I hear uh, an ad for a TEDx, uh, the Charlottesville TEDx event. It's one of the, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's like seven or 8,000 TEDx events in the world. Charlottesville is in the top 1% of biggest I've ones. I've heard that. Yeah, it's huge, right? right? It's a big one. And really well done, too. two of the people that are on the board watching right now. Yeah, Roger. Roger and, and Kate. Um, is it Ennis watching? She's been on this program. She's watching Oh, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Kate, yeah, of course. Yeah, and she's one of the speaking coaches as That's well. That's right, speaking coach. Um, Susan McCauley actually was my coach through that. And anyway, but uh, so they, uh, they did, they held like open audition, basically an open mic night over at the Jefferson. There's like 500 people there, and they selected one person to be the community speaker. Uh, they have all these like amazing speakers from all around the country and even internationally, and I got selected by the audience, right? And, and so I got to speak on the main, at the main event uh, a month later. And uh, so that was the process. It was like stepping into fear, right? It was, step, it was like I was afraid, speaking, so I did something about it. I took action, signed up for something, did, you know, which was uncomfortable to speak even at Toastmasters. And then I signed up for an opportunity to speak in front of 500 people and then in front of 1,000 people. And uh, terrifying. And, but people go, oh, Jim, you're such a great speaker. It's like, well... Yeah, success through failure. That's the process. Um, last question for you. Um, Allison Harshall? Yeah. She says, I love you. Oh, my, my sweet wife. Um, let's love you, babe. Allison Harshall, what she means to you? Ah, the world. Like she, she'll roll her eyes at this, and she's going to hate that you asked this question, Jerry. Um, she, uh, she keeps me honest. I mean, she, she's like... She has changed my mindset on, on, on everything in life in terms of like how to serve this whole idea of like, like just love people. Like so much of that is rooted in what I've learned for her. So she's a licensed therapist and counselor and she serves, uh, just kids going through amazingly hard things and she loves it. She loves her job. She is one of these people that, that brings you know, she brings joy and love to the world. And, and I know she's rolling her eyes and she thinks this is so corny right now. But she's, she, told me, she told me about this one story uh, of some, some kids that are play, that where she works that they're going through just, just nightmarish things. And she loves those kids, like, like loves them. And it's like, like when you live with somebody like that, you can't help but like grow and, and be more like somebody like that. And so I'm so thankful for her in my life. And she's... Man, my kids would be so screwed up if it was just me raising them. So, so thankful for her as, uh, as the mom. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you crushed it, dude. Love you, babe. You were on fire. This like, is fun, I, man. This this is, you, you're obviously good at this. So this, I, is, this is a blast. I was just following your lead, dude. It's good Seriously. stuff. You're good um, at this. Jim, let's, let's close with this. How can we follow and engage with your content moving forward? Yeah, so jimharshawjr.com is the website. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jimharshaw, 
Instagram, Jim Harsha Jr. Uh, podcast is called Success Through Failure. Uh, if anybody wants to have an introductory coaching call, uh, and this, this, this is a love thing. It's not a sales call. This is how I serve people. Um, but uh, at com slash apply, and you can apply for a free coaching call, 30-minute coaching call with me. Um, but uh, And I love meeting people, and I, I love talking. I love serving, uh, and it's how we become a, good, a better, better at my craft. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Yeah, likewise. Um, guys, we close the show by letting you know first where you can find the content. We will archive the show in totality on ilovesevil.com. That is the video and audio version. We will have this on a podcast. Anywhere you find a podcast, um, Apple Podcasts, my personal favorite. So there you have it. That's the end of my two-part series and this interview with uh, Jerry Miller of the I Love Seville Show. And I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you did, please give it a share. If you haven't, um, give me a rating or review on iTunes. I would love it if you do that. That really helps other people find the podcast. But really, the way people find this podcast is word of mouth. So if you can share this on social media or share it with a friend and just say, hey, check out episode number 228 A and B um, of the Success Through Failure podcast. They can find it on Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you helping to grow the audience for this. So as always, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success.